Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's the RJ Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's not the RJ Ochoa Show. It is Hell the no, r Show playing host to RJ Ochoa and his show. He of blogging the boys. He of rock the mic. He of the OS 17. He is RJ Ochoa. Welcome on the show, man. Good to see you. How, did you get a full night's rest? Been busy? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, an interesting night. Following <laughs> busy night, night for night you. Football. Busy night for you. Um, yeah. Uh, Thursday night football. Challenge on MTV. I know you guys are big challenge fans. Last night, Wes uh, said he was retiring. I've been watching less on TV since I was in high school. What I mean, the hell so, are you, you talking know, about? What are you talking about? You know, I, I know you guys know. Don't don't be acting like this. Like you don't know who Wes is from the challenge on MTV. Don't be acting that I way. I gotta tell you, I don't I don't know what you're talking I'm about. I'm lost, bro. We What's all, the challenge? RJ, keep in mind, I'm fifteen years older than you. So we ain't you know, like we we old. Right, so you've never heard of MTV is what you're saying. Right? <laughs> no, I, I opened the, the doors. I unlocked that door. <laughs> I was part of the. I saw video kill the radio well, star. So no, seriously, very, this is a long running show quickly. that the guy's retired. Very quickly, um, you know what the real world is. Um, at the beginning of all that, they developed what they called the challenge, which was kind of you know a, mm-hmm. I don't say a game show, but I'm sure you've seen something similar to it, uh, which was originally people from the real world. It it grew and grew and grew over time. Now there's even people from like Big Brother and Survivor that go on there. Gotcha. Uh, but one of the OGs, uh, his name is Wes. Um, He's WWE guy. Of the show. No. Oh, um, not him. Oh, that's Mike. He, he he was actually on the Real World Austin uh, way back when. That was how he broke in. But he's been doing these challenge. The challenge is one of those only shows. Like every other show, like Survivor, Big Brother, it's a new cast every right. year. But the challenge, they they bring some people back every season. So. This has been on TV for these little games. <laughs> really? for, he made again, a career out of it? Um, yeah. I mean, he's won before. He's won, like, you know, I would say, like, the grand sum total of, like, 800 grand, you know, doing wow. this. And well, so um, it's uh, it's the end of an era to see him kind of walk away. Can he play defensive back? Can he play quarterback? He's a great swimmer. Oh, um, well. that, that's like that's like his, his strength, but no, you can't, um, and that makes me sad. Thoughts? Broad view from blogging the boys at the, at the loss of Trayvon Diggs. It's difficult because um, I think the instinct is, well, this is really depressing and this is really sad. And, and there's also a human element, right? Like you're, you're bummed for Trayvon Diggs. Right. You're kind of bummed for everyone. Um, and, and I think seeing the, the fallout and the reaction from his teammates certainly adds to that. Um, but, you know, kind of like how you 
shouldn't take a running back in the first round. You shouldn't take, you know, there's there's an improper utilization of resources, things like that. If we're just being straight up and we're just, you know, stating facts, this is not the kind of injury that can derail a season. It it makes the season more difficult. There's no question about it. Um, And one of my Twitter followers said um, they go from, you know, now they're just a really good defense instead of a potentially historic one. Um, I'm not even ready to put that to bed. The the reality is, you know, you can survive this. And and that sounds horrible because we feel so bad. But that's, you know, all of these things can be true at the same time. Absolutely. Um, You know, we just spoke with head coach Mike McCarthy. He wasn't overly concerned with Tyler Biotish. Which, the, to me, when, when talking to you, going all the way back to training yeah. camp, you were like offensive line depth, offensive line depth. The, the depth charts that I've checked, RJ, they don't even have someone listed. He did bring up, was it Brock? Brock. Brock. Uh, your thoughts on, on that more? I mean, and we're not, again, I think we've got to keep cl- uh, clarifying this. We're not just trying to throw Trayvon to the wolves. Right, right, right. This is more important. In the grand scheme yeah, of things. I mean, well, the reality is that Tyler Biotish can play on Sunday. Like we know that Trayvon can't, right? Like right. we, you know, um, we we, uh, we are not Siths, but we deal in absolutes around here. And so um, it's the, the offensive line depth is a really interesting thing. One of our writers has an article going out later today um, that's kind of about this. Like that, the Cowboys sort of do have offensive line depth, right? Like, um, and that was, you know, I mean, and. I don't know that, you know, I want to pound my chest about that. And yesterday's one of those, like, rattle the cage moments that makes you kind of realize how, how fleeting all this really is. How, you know, if, if, the, if the butterfly flaps its wings one way, your season can change in a dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they haven't played a game with their intended offensive line since late 2021. I don't know if you all realize that or not, but when the Cowboys drafted Tyler Smith, the plan – was Tyron at left tackle, Tyler at left guard, Tyler Biotis at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and Steele right tackle. Because of Tyron's injury at the beginning of last year and then Steele getting hurt, they have literally never, not one single time for one moment, one snap, had them all together, and they have survived this year. I mean, that sounds crazy to say week three that they've been surviving, but they have, and now you've got this Biotis thing. That's probably the place where they have the scariest point of depth because Biotis, Biotis is super underrated, man. I mean, not only is he kind of a low-key leader, he's recovered two fumbles. In each oh, good point. Season. I good mean, point. He, is, he is a hustler. Uh, but, you know, Brock Hoffman is an aim to believe in, and every guy they believe or have believed in to this point has found a way to step up and find their own role. That's a good name, too. Brock Hoffman, center, Dallas Cowboys. Good, good lawyer, too. It, it does sound know. good. Uh, uh, yeah. Gray the McCarthy's OC style. Well, play caller. He's not yeah, the OC. Well, well, I mean, play calling style, the the offense, and and the you know up to the line of scrimmage, the quickness, the rapidity we're seeing, the the ball movement, all that. Put it together for me. I think it's important to contextualize that because I think it would be different on different teams. And you know, I'm not trying to say I told you so to the world, but back at the NFL Combine, and look, I've been wrong about a million things. Oh yeah, back we at all the NFL are. Right. Combine, um, Mike McCarthy said, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, when talking about Kellen Moore, he said, look, I've been where Kellen has been. Kellen wants to light up the scoreboard. I want to run the ball and rest our defense. And everybody thought this dude had lost it. Like, everybody was like, what do you mean you don't want to light up the scoreboard? Like, what is, what is your problem? 
Um, and so Kellen Moore is again, and I don't mean this to slight him, but he's kind of Ricky Bobby. Like he just wants to go fast. Like he just wants to score all the time. And the team that wins the Super Bowl sometimes isn't the best offense in the NFL. Um, if you watch that Chargers game last week, they lost in overtime. They got the ball to start that overtime period. First and second down, they go deep, and obviously it doesn't happen. So then, then it's third and ten, and you know it's getting late, and they can't convert, and so they punt and they lose. And so McCarthy, um, I think, has done a phenomenal job at marrying the strengths of his overall football team right. through the prism of of what he calls, which is the offense. And so um, you know, field goals count. You know, like like field goals are points the exact same way. They're less. But people, you know, I think are, are, are labeling it as conservative. I'm labeling it as understanding the overall picture. He knows that sometimes in September your star cornerback's going to get hurt. You know, sometimes in November this is going to pop up. And so I think he really deserves a lot of props. I mean, like, the, the quickness of it all is really impressive. I mean, it's an A-plus sort of affair right now for me. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, Rudy brought up with McCarthy earlier uh, his, uh, was it 2017? What year was the 17 IR guys? What year was that with Green Bay? 2010. 2010. Was, he brought up uh, McCarthy's 2010. You're like, well, you kind of been there. He's like, dude, I do not want to revisit that year. No matter how said good it turned called out. Him. He said a bunch of people called him and reminded him. Like, dude, that dude, was you, awful. You've been through this. And he said, hey, you know uh, what? It I, is re- important for me to reflect on that. He said, I don't want to go through that, but it is important yeah. for me to know that I've been through this and we still won a title. I was going to say the 2010 Green Bay Packers right. won the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, and he's talked about that before. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, it, and it's, you know, there's no predictive things. I mean, I know I kind of have made a career out of that being a bit on Twitter. Um, but you know, just because you, you overcame that hurdle once in 2010, doesn't mean you'll do so again, but I will say I, I am constantly impressed with him. Like he seems to be somebody who always knows the right thing to say, uh, in the face of any kind of adversity, whether on or off the field. Um, and, and that kind of lends to his skills as a play caller. I, I don't mean to say that um, – I don't mean to gatekeep and say to be an amazing play caller head coach, you have to have all of this experience. But but I think you can see that, that he has all of this experience. And that's how he knows, like, look, dude, we can't just rely on scoring 50 points every week. Like, that's not enough. And oddly enough, I think that maybe what, what the catalytic moment for him, and this is my assumption may have been, was the absence of Dak Prescott last year. Because of that, they had to revert to this kind of offense, this kind of take all the low-hanging fruit, just survive, let your defense play great on the other side of things. In a weird way, sometimes that can happen. If you have an elite quarterback, you can just lean into that too much, and then you put all of it on him, and you know you forget that there's 52 other players on the team. You know what? Damn, that's interesting. You know what? Maybe after he returned, speaking of Dak Prescott, RJ, you're the first one to heard say that. Maybe that was like, and then McCarthy had to watch it play out. Like, maybe a part of him said, why the hell Am I doing didn't this? we just stick to what we did when Cooper went 4-1? Four and one? Four And that's one. not a slight to Dak. I don't know what year we said you don't have to be great for us to win became a thing as as a negative uh, you know, connotation. But I, I, you know what, now that I think about it, I could see Mike sitting alone with himself and being like, dude, why aren't we just sticking to what we did? Why are we going back to – this air raid, this hurry up, let's, let's, let's put a thousand points on the board. Why don't we just stick to what we did with just a little bit more? Cause Dak is better than Cooper. I mean, 
I think that today's game, the modern game, is dominated by the quarterbacks. And so, like, general consensus is you have to throw for 300 yards. You have to have three passing touchdowns. You have to do all the stuff. Um, and, you know, Mike himself has a quote that I really love that he said last year. He said, defense wins championships, but the Super Bowl is won by the quarterback. Um, and so mm. th- th- there will there will be a time this season, even the way the Cowboys are playing, where they will have to push and, and they will have to, to be the heavy lifter. Um, and that's the thing, you know, um, just because this is how they've won these first two games doesn't necessarily suggest, like, that's how they're going to play every game. And I think that's where Mike knows, you know, how to press his specific opponents. I mean, you know, last year against, on Christmas Eve against the Eagles, Dak Prescott was phenomenal. I mean, it, it was truly – because that's what you needed. And you're going to need that at some point in time. In some other games, he's going to have turnovers because that's just life, and the defense is going to have to be even better. Um, but something that I sort of – have come around on is that he will attack opponents in in specific ways. Everybody knew the Jets want to come in, they want to play, they want to show off that defense, they want to get off to an early start, they want to run the ball. So what does Mike do when he wins the toss? He defies yep. the you always kick first, you you double dip at halftime. He says, I want the ball because I want to put an end to that narrative. I want to put them in an early Great hole. Point. And what does he Great what point. does he do? He 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 dices them up the entire and maybe the most impressive thing he's done is he is finding ways to scheme open his playmakers. He's helping CeeDee Lamb. And to your point, Rudy, I don't know when it became embarrassing for star players to need help. Um, you know, and so he is finding ways to put the ball in his most dynamic playmakers' hands as opposed to relying on them just getting open, just beating their guy. Like, no, dude, you can. that's your job. Your job as an offensive play caller is to put them in positions to win. Are you, are you getting a, a, a sense and a, a change in attitude from Dak and his, his relationship to being a quarterback in the press? I, I'm feeling a little bit more of a saltiness from Dak over the last week and a half or so. That uh, I'm tired of everything we've said before. This is, a, this is, this is what this team is. I, I don't know how to define it yet, but I feel a, a Dak taking a different – Tack other than I'm just happy to be here, good quarterbacks, good plays, practice hard kind of a guy. Am I, am I wrong there? I would say that I think that Dak is pretty lenient and understanding. Well, of he his, jumped on Todd like, Archer. Well, I saw him jump on Archer I, to start the week. And, and then I felt like this, what I heard yesterday was a Dak that's kind of like, I'm tired of, the, I'm tired of this. That's what I'm saying. I, I think he's willing to offer more grace than, than most because he knows, hey, I'm the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Like, there's, there's some, some bells and whistles that come along with this. And so I do think he tolerates more than most people probably would in that position. Um, and so, I, you know, along those lines, I think over the offseason, he was willing to tolerate all the interception questions because it was the offseason, right? Like, like he, right. there was nothing. He was stuck, right? Like he couldn't do anything except say it's going to be different. Um, and so – I would imagine that it would be very frustrating if after two games of incredibly dominant and efficient play, not just on defense, but on offense as well, for you to be asked like, Hey, what do you think about the interceptions last year? For him to be like, okay, dude, like what's going on? Like now, now we have actual data to work with, right? Like now we have actual substance. We no longer have to look at these teams as far as who they were last year. Last year is, is shout out to Justin Timberlake and TI. It's dead and gone. Like we are here in 2023. We have football happening right here. Quit ignoring it. In the like, the, at this point, the interception thing does feel like poking a narrative. Although I don't think that's what Todd was doing. Todd isn't that kind of person. Um, Deron Bland, 
Emmett Smith always tells us, you know, when we talked about Tony Pollard and him replacing Zeke when Zeke was still here, it's different when you're the one. Deron Bland has had some success. He's found the balls found him six different times. Will it be different now that you are the guy? And and how much do you expect teams to at least try to exploit that? Because on the other side, you have a Hall of Famer in Gilmore. That's the other thing. Well, you're still not the one, right? Like, like you, you're, you're you, you don't think you don't uh, think you think it's Jordan? Is that what you're telling me? Well, no, 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 we I'm asked McCarthy. Like Go ahead. You're not the, the the top cornerback on the okay. team, right? Like you're right. still, you know, like you're 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 kicking outside. There's no question about it. Um, and he's done that before um, because Anthony Brown wasn't too reliable last year. And yeah, I mean, that's look, you're, you know, it's hard. It's it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be really difficult. Um, but I mean, you have to. It has to work, right? Like if if they're going to win the Super Bowl, it has to work. And I think there's, you know, there's a track. Like nobody at this point who's a second-year, former first, fifth-round pick, whatever, that's being thrusted into this situation, nobody has the career resume, you know, to, to be brief about it, that Deron Bland does. So, like, this is about as good of a player as you can have inherit this role under these circumstances. And so, I mean, it, it's, it's a, you're right. He's going to be tested a lot because nobody's going to want to throw at Gilmore. I mean, nobody's going to, you know, give him that much respect. So he's going to have to put those playmaking, you know, skills to the test again. Are you ready for this? This defensive line yeah. is so good, RJ. We're going to turn – the Cowboy fans going to turn Deron Bland into the all-world corner because when you have a defensive line like that, RJ, I'm not, and I'm not kidding. I mean, I'm, I'm of course, I'm being funny. You could, you You'd be able to stay with a few receivers – it, with, with the defense, way that defensive line is playing, we're gonna turn them into I mean, all it's world. A, it's an age old chicken or the egg. What what helps more, a great pass rush or a great you know cover group? It's pass so rush. Right. I mean, no, I mean you're right. Like if, always, if the quarterback's under duress, um, <laughs> it's always it, it helps everyone. Yeah, and and so you know that's where I'm saying like if you're feeling shaky about Deron Bland, I mean I don't blame you. Like you're obviously startled about the Diggs thing, but like. He's he's really been impressive as an NFL player. Um, so again, you should feel great about that. He has, to your point, the best pass rush in the NFL working in front of him, and he has, uh, to your point, Hall of Fame corner on the other side who he can learn from, who is really great about teaching all the young players, obviously in the room that will seemingly kind of help him. Hey, young buck, let's get this together. It's you and me. We're the show back here. So yeah, I mean, um, there's there's. Very, very fair reason to buy stock in Deron Bland and what he's about to have to do. Well, for him to be the guy that we hope he's going to be, Micah needs to continue this kind of MVP run. There's been a little bit of talk the week over on the Nationals about the ability of a defensive player to win MVP, and Micah certainly is getting the credit for what he's done so far. Do you think it's even possible that MVP is a thing that Micah can get, and how important is it for him to stay that course for you know the likes of D-Law to continue to show that you know he's still not around, and even though... D-Law might have passed the torch. He's still here. Let's talk about Micah and MVP. You know, uh, people say if J.J. Watt couldn't win it in 2014, that, that it could never happen. Um, he was on the Texans. At least like it, well, that's, that's my point is no offense to J.J. Watt. I hope he's enjoying his retirement in Arizona. Um, but um, it's a very different thing to play for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm a big believer in – you know, these awards, I don't mean to say they're rigged or anything like that, but they are really heavily narrative-based. Um, you know, you, it's, it's not simply, oh, who's the best offensive player in the NFL? 
it's well, who's the best non-quarterback offensive player, right? Like that's our offensive player of the year, right? Like right. things like that. Coach of the year is kind of like a rookie of the year for coaches. Um, you know, what, what coach overachieved, you know, so you can see that narrative. Micah plays for the most visible team in the NFL, in the world, hell. Micah obviously is doing these incredibly dominant things. Micah, unlike JJ in 2014, happens to be playing at a time where offense is a little bit down. Uh, now, we're only two weeks and a game in, uh, but if this very, very small trend as far as, you know, data and sample size is concerned were to continue, if offense were to kind of stay down, then you can, you know, see a world where there is no quarterback who throws for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. And therefore, Micah, you know, playing on the big stage, this big platform, whatever, all of a sudden that case looks a little bit more tolerable. And if the Cowboys are the number one seed in the NFC, if he does have the, the most sacks in the NFL, if he does, there's going to be some stupid stat, I promise you, when we get to December that's going to be like Micah Parsons has you know, 19 and a half sacks on his own. But on plays where he has been double teamed, his teammates have accrued 59 sacks right. that you could theoretically assign to him. And it's, it's just going to be this, right. like, unbelievable sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still would not bet on him. But, I mean, if, if he's the highest odds or has the highest odds of any non-quarterback in the NFL at drafting sportsbook. So, I mean, it, it, if it's possible, it's now, it's this time, it's this player in this specific position. Your thoughts on the boogeyman that is the 49ers last night? I mean, it looked a little flawed early on. Okay. I'm willing to That's give fair. them the, okay. it's, it's But it's Thursday night football. You know, everyone's always a little sluggish. I mean, it's, it's you know, and then they wake up, and it's just really annoying. I mean, it, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've told you all this before, and it's still true. Um you know, C.D. Lane yesterday had a, a comment about, you know, or he, he was asked about them being great or something like that. And he was like, look, our, you know, it, it's the first two weeks of the season. We're looking forward to week five. And I don't know if that was said specifically because the Cowboys visit the 49ers in week five. And if they view that as some sort of measuring stick opportunity, the Cowboys could go win that game 40 to nothing. And they are still just as much of the boogeyman to me. Like, mm. you know, and I don't mean to be negative or pessimistic, but like, and, and I will enjoy it and I will, you know, have some fun, but like you, you could beat them in October. That's fine. I've seen Cowboys teams dominate in October and November and December, beat them in January. And then, then we're willing to say the boogeyman's gone. The monster under your bed is out of here. Like uh, until you do that, we, we will give you your flowers. But we, we will remain scarred until we get to that point. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, your your column regarding the last time the Cowboys went. Yeah, we, we had some fun with that yesterday, uh, RJ. And, and use this uh, Rain Man mind of yours. What occurred when the when the collapse began? What was the the, uh, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back that ended up a non playoff team after a three and zero start? You're saying the last times the Cowboys were three. Right. What happened that caused the? Uh, what began the collapse? In 2019, that was the most recent time. Um, you know, they were a little bit inflated by their, their teams they beat. They beat New York and Washington and Miami and Taco Sack Jack, and it was this big old thing. Um, and they, I mean, I, I hate to lump it under one dude, but they were coached by Jason Garrett, and they just they didn't have the, the killer instinct that they seem to have right now. I mean, yeah. and that, I think, is evidenced by the fact that the third loss that year, because they, they actually fell to three and three uh, in 2019, was against the Jets um, and Sam Darnold Sam coming back from Mono. And that – that was just who they were. They just underperformed in those moments where they were supposed to kind of, you know, blast an opponent. 
Um, in 2000, you know, the 2008 Cowboys might be the most talented team in franchise history to not even make the playoffs. Um, and that team missed the playoffs because they ultimately dealt with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I referenced this in the article. It was a trip to Arizona was scary because of this week. And then mm-hmm. the Trayvon thing happened. Uh, it was a trip to Arizona that was really costly. Uh, Felix Jones, who was a rookie at the time, got hurt in that game, had to miss a lot of time. Matt McBriar, the punter, had his punt blocked in overtime and hurt his foot, and the Cardinals returned that to, to win that game off that touchdown in overtime. And Tony Romo hurt his pinky um, and had to miss some time that season as well. And it was just don't so clunky. Do, what, that don't was do year. this. What are you doing? I remember. You, it's you, all you, coming what do you back. Mean? You, you asked. <laughs> I didn't ask. You, you asked the question. <laughs> Um, that was the I'll year they you. traded for Roy Williams midseason. It was just oh. also forced. It was the final season at Texas Stadiums. So there was this weird pressure around them. Um, but that season was a lot of injuries as opposed to 2019 where it was just, you know, not having proper leadership. All due respect to Jason. Real quick, RJ, are you ready for some adversity, though? Because you, I know you're a fan, clearly, but you're also a realist. That just by your answer about them beating San Francisco in October means nothing. Aren't you ready for some adversity just so you can get a real feel on it? Because mentally and everything they're saying, RJ, they are a different team. And again, you know I would love to poke fun at them, but it feels different. Training camp felt different. These The pressers from the the players this week felt different. They're like really no nonsense. So are you ready for some adversity? I mean, ready or not, here it is, right? Like our cornerback goes down. No, I'm not talking about in a game, though. I know what you – yes, that is adversity. But I'm talking about like, hey, you're down seven, you're down six, it's late fourth quarter. Like, are you ready to see that to see where they really are? Yeah, because we don't know. Like, it's it's easy to kick ass and take names, right? And, like, um, that's what was so impressive about the Eagles last year and what was impressive about the way they lost the Super Bowl because I thought, like, man, these dudes are just used to, to jumping on teams and they, they can't come from behind. That's right. why I was so impressed with Jalen Hurts. And thank God they still lost that game. But, yeah, I, I want to see them pushed. I mean, but, again, the reality is you can't be pushed in September. You, you just can't. <laughs> like, you, you cannot, you know, you, uh, you know it's, I used to tell David Chance for this, and I'll end with this. Um, a baseball game doesn't mean anything to me, really, unless the people in the crowd are wearing jackets, right? Like, if, if the people <laughs> in the crowd are wearing jackets, then then there's something serious yeah. on the line. Uh, but if they're not, then, like, it's okay. It's one game that's a part of the series. Go put on a coat. It matters. we got the Cardinals on Sunday. Appreciate is, you, big dog. He is RJ Ochoa stopping by. Check out all of his stuff at Blogging the Boys and on the socials. Hey, man, uh, enjoy your weekend. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you next. Each of y'all get some pudding or jello this weekend. You can have either one.